when you're a kid, you still got an idea of what the quote unquote great body looks like, you know? And I started to get like a, a little few names here and there. It wasn't intense bullying by any means. It really wasn't. But it was enough to make me self-conscious. It was enough to make me look down and be like, you know, I'm not really happy with what I see here. So what I ended up doing is I would go to the toilet cubicles to go to change my shirt. I would pretend like I was just going you know, to the bathroom, go and change my t-shirt at the same time, come back out. So I didn't have to experience, you know, the name calling and all that type of stuff as well. So that hit me hard because of, I was like, I'm a super active kid. I'm kind of eating what just about everyone else is, which isn't, you know, particularly healthy as a child, but I was still holding this body fat and I wasn't really sure what to do about it. We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Strong by Design podcast. This is fun. I have not recorded a podcast in what feels like weeks, but... I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's been like ten days. Uh, I you kind of get podcasts and spurts sometimes as as a host. Uh, Elliot knows this, where you could you could do three or four in a week, and then sometimes you could go two or three weeks without one, and it kind of depends on when your guests are available or the the topics uh, that you feel like uh, talking about really hit you hard, and and so you kind of hit record uh, when you're feeling. Uh, the the passion or the energy to really talk about something. Um, it's so excited to have our guest uh, today. This is a gentleman and I met a few months back. I was on his podcast and uh, we just really connected and it just made sense to bring him on the Strong by Design podcast, uh, which is great. Just to continue the conversation, get to know each other better. Uh, we're in alignment on a lot of things and uh, he's making... Uh, the world's better uh, in terms of helping people transform their bodies and their minds and their spirits, uh, much of what we're doing here on Strong by Design and here at Critical Bench. And so uh, perfect, uh, perfect connection to, uh, to, to bring him on board. Before we introduce our special guest and get to know him better, I, I do want to thank all of our amazing guests uh, for uh, our amazing guests, our amazing listeners, I should say, or and or return guests of the podcast, people who are supporting us and coming back and who have been listening to us for years at this point, or maybe just you found us in 2023 and uh, you've made us one of your uh, favorite top five podcasts maybe this year. I know I always kind of rotate through about five or ten myself. Um, you know, or maybe this is the first episode you've ever heard on Strong by Design and you're excited and, and we're excited to have you. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate every single listener that we get, uh, no matter where you're coming from. Uh, it's fun to look at the stats and see that we have listeners from all over the globe, certainly here in the States and, you know, in North America, Canada, for, uh, for sure, but uh, all over Australia, the UK, uh, Ireland, Germany, the Philippines, uh, Iraq, uh, in South America, I mean, in the Caribbean. Uh, it's so it's so fun to go on and see, oh, 30 downloads came here and 78 came from here and places that I've never, uh, never visited, but we're making an impact. And so that's what makes uh, podcast content so great 
is that it can be consumed by anyone anywhere at any time. And our conversations uh, can really reach people and, and help people in ways that we'll never know. Uh, and so if you could, or if you would, at the end of this episode, we would love it if you would hit five stars, um, give us a, a rating, let us know that uh, you're loving the show. And if you wanna even take it a step further, leave us a review. It could be a sentence or two that talks about maybe this episode or a past episode that, that touched you, uh, that, that you, you found exciting or uh, was very powerful for you, or what you think uh, of our podcast as, as a whole, maybe a general overview of, of how you feel the, the podcast is, uh, is, is, is helping you in life. And of course, we're trying to reach people in all different capacities and, and helping their, their bodies in helping their minds and help and helping their their spiritual walk and their faith and so um we just are, are so encouraged by by all of you and would love that feedback so thank you in advance for that and i'll ask you at the end for another very simple favor but i'll save it till the end uh, so our special guest today on strong by design elliot hassoon uh, a gentleman uh that i came to know as i said a few months ago he has a great platform a coaching platform helping uh, mostly men, it looks like, but probably some women too. We'll talk about that. Uh, transform their physiques. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. He also has a YouTube following. I was checking out some of his YouTube content and it does some great workout, follow along workout material that uh, really pairs nicely with what we're doing on a lot of our. Uh, uh, you, in, on our YouTube channels and a lot of our content. Uh, his website uh, is, is dedicated to, to helping people transform their physiques, uh, which as we know, you trans, if you focus on your body, uh, your, your mind also is, is impacted by that. We're gonna get into that. And I just wanted to share a little bit about him uh, before he, uh, before he, he talks about himself uh, and, and, and all, all his, his greatest moments and his, uh, his journey, what has brought him to where he is today. He's an experienced online health and fitness coach and he's host of a podcast called the Simply Fit Podcast. His journey with health and fitness began over a decade ago where he set out on a mission to get in shape after being subconscious about his body as a teenager in school. And I'm sure a lot of you listening uh, have familiarity with that. Uh, I think there's a lot of people uh, who, who felt that way um, about themselves at, at that very interesting time in our lives when we go from like 12 to adulthood in about a five to six year span. And there's a lot of uh, interesting moments there. Uh, it didn't take long for this exploration to become a passion, which led him to deciding that he was going to make a career out of this. And over the past 10 years, Elliot's gone from a young personal trainer to one of the more experienced online health and fitness coaches globally. He specializes in body transformations with a huge focus on long-term sustainability and delivers those he works with the solution to get in shape and stay in shape for life. And so I think that's a really important thing. It's not just give people the tools, but then to make sure that they're able to be sustainable and, and have those 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 gains over the long term. We're gonna we're gonna definitely get into that in, in just a little bit. So, Elliot, uh, welcome to Strong by Design. It's so great to have you, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. It was one hell of an intro. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I truly appreciate My it. Yeah, the the reason why I'm I'm a podcast host because I don't shut up. Right? I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> makes you a great guest too. 
I, I'll tell you what, man. You have to be able to talk, you know, and, and be a communicator. I, I, it can be my greatest asset or my worst or my worst, um, we say my worst enemy, uh, I guess you could say. You know, I used to get in trouble when I think back to school. The only times I really ever get in trouble in school is because I talk too much. Uh, the teachers would pull me aside out in the hallway and they'd be like, we love you, Chris. Like, you're great. You're a good student. We, we You know, you, you try hard, but it's my class. So could you let me please talk and then just try to be a little bit more quiet, you know, because I was just always talking with people. But that's led, obviously, to hosting a podcast and to making a lot of video content over the years. So that's been fun. So you're doing a lot of the same stuff that we do here at Critical Bench, Elliot. That's why we hit it off so well when uh, you, you were uh, gracious enough to have me as a guest on your podcast, uh, the Simply Fit podcast. Uh, and um, I still appreciate that and really enjoyed getting to know you. But I want to get to know you a little bit better and share uh, who you are with our audience. You know, that's the luxury of having our own podcast is you meet great people and then we can take take those connections and then, you know, make them even more powerful, more magical by sharing it with hundreds, if not thousands of people uh, that, that are listening. Uh, tell us a little bit more about those early years, those self-conscious you know, years, you know, back when you were a kid and before that passion really struck you, like what, what was it that really has stuck with you uh, over the last 10 plus years? And uh, what's the driving, driving force there? For sure. So when I was much, much younger, just like many of us, I had no real experience with health and fitness. My mom and my parents and yeah, my dad as well, they wanted me to be healthy, of course, just like every good set of parents do. However, as we probably know, most adults don't know a huge amount about health and fitness. So, you know, they go about putting what was on my plate, which was healthy, which was, you know, full of these nutrients, but it was also abundance of carbohydrates and fats. And, you know, as a kid, I enjoyed those carbohydrates and fats. And trust me, I didn't only eat the things that my parents put on my plate. And I didn't have that genetic gift. I wasn't that kid who, you know, would take his shirt off and there was no ounce of fat on him and he had abs since he was five years old. I was the kid who maybe held a little bit of body fat. I have a brother who was more genetically gifted from that perspective. And unfortunately, I wasn't, even though I was a very, very active kid. I loved sports. I loved football. I loved skateboarding, tennis, anything revolved around sport. I really enjoyed. However, I still was holding a fair amount of body fat. And as I transitioned into my teen years, you know, you're in your PE classes, your physical education classes. I'm taking my shirt off to get changed for PE. I'm looking around and, you know, these guys' bodies, some of them look the same as mine. Some of them maybe are holding a little bit more body fat and some of them are very lean and thin. And, you know, when you're a kid, you got an, you still got an idea of what the quote unquote great body looks like you know and i started to get like a, a little few names here and there it wasn't intense bullying by any means it really wasn't but it was enough to make me self-conscious it was enough to make me look down and be like you know i'm not really happy with what i see here so what I ended up doing is I would go to the toilet cubicles to go to change my shirt. I would pretend like I was just going, 
you know, to the bathroom, go and change my t-shirt at the same time, come back out. So I didn't have to experience, you know, the name calling and all that type of stuff as well. So that hit me hard because of, I was like, I'm a super active kid. I'm kind of eating what just about everyone else is, which isn't, you know, particularly healthy as a child, but I was still holding this body fat and I wasn't really sure what to do about it. And this is where I give a lot of credit to young Elliot, young teenage Elliot. And I just decided that one day, okay, let me just search on Google what some of the people who have great physiques in my eyes are doing, you know? And a lot of the time, most people's idols are people like Arnold Schwarzenegger or some of these big bodybuilders. Mine was a little bit more what can you say? Uh, a little bit more low-key compared to that. So I was like, David Beckham, body and diet. Zac Efron, because he was big in high school musical at the time. What was their diet and their training regime like? And everything I saw pointed to high-protein, low-carb. High-protein, low-carb. And I was like, I have no idea what any of this means, but I'm aware that it seems to be a recurring theme. So I was like, okay, how do I replicate that? Right now, my parents are still cooking for me. I'm still a kid. So I go to my first freezers and I look inside the freezer in the fridge and like, okay, let me look at the back of these boxes. Okay. This has, you know, it, it's in the teens of protein. Okay. That seems good. I wasn't caring about fat or calories. I was like, okay, if the carbs are kind of low and I consider the low to be under 10 and if the protein seemed over, t- over 10, I was like, okay, this seems like a good thing. So I took these like breaded chicken breasts. I was like, perfect. They're for me. And then I looked deeper and I found like these breaded, what do you call them in America? Fish sticks. And I was like, okay, these, these are not bad. They're, they've got you know, a little bit more fat in them, but they still fit within that protein requirement. And my mom's a vegetarian. I was like, I have some vegetarian burgers in here as well. So this was my little collection of protein out of all the things that I could find in my house. And I was like, perfect. I'm only going to eat this moving forward. I'm going to have one of these chicken breasts, two of these vegetarian burgers, and like two fish fingers or fish uh, sticks, whatever you call them. And that was my first introduction into protein. And I was like, okay, the training component needs to happen as well. So what do I do here? And I was like, okay, they mostly seem to be going to the gym. I don't know if I can do that. A, I don't know if I can afford it as a child. So I was like, okay, let me see what I can do at home. And I start bicep curling the shampoo bottles. You know, I I put two together. I start bicep curling the shampoo bottles. I do these tricep dips on the back of my bath. And we have a bathroom stall as well. So I do some Uh, elevated planks as well and I just do that for 15-20 minutes in my bathroom combined it with my (laughs) put together protein diet and that's where it all begun for me and it's not like I saw any changes overnight but there was something within little Elliot it was like you're kind of taking control you're taking responsibility here and you could start to see some small changes happening whether it was just you know a little bit of calorie restriction a little extra exercise you know whatever it might have been that helped me it ended up moving me in that direction. And then that in, that then ended up manifesting into, okay, wow, you know, I'm approaching 15 years of age now. Maybe I can look into getting a gym membership. And there was like teenage people hours between three and five. So I was like, great. You know, usually I would hang out with my friends at the school gates between three and five. Well, all of a sudden I was like, nope, I'm going to skip the friends part. I'm going to head straight home, head to the gym do whatever I can for two hours. And, you know, most of the time I stay till 6 p.m. because they didn't notice that I was staying in there a little bit later. And then I got addicted to the gym and I was like, I love this. And then all of a sudden, a summer comes along and I'm doing my gym. I'm doing what I know about fitness, which is not a lot. I mean, nutrition, I should say, which is not a lot. And I come back the next year of school looking different. People have noticed a change in me. And I was like, 
damn, I felt great. Like it was super unusually put together, but I had this passion for it. I committed to going to the gym like five, six times a week just because I loved it. And I ended up transforming my body, not in an outrageous way, but I went from being that chubby kid who people made fun of to the guy who was like a little bit leaner. You know, as a a child, it's not usual to see a little bit of muscle on a kid either. And I was going to the gym. I started to see that. And I saw an area in which I was kind of excelling in, which no one had like kind of caught it onto yet. And that was my thing. So ever since then, it's just been one of those things that it helped me so much that it stuck with me for the remainder of my days. And, you know, there's a lot between then and now, but that's ultimately what started me on the path of my journey. What was the tipping point in terms of what age were you specific? Were you like 13, 14, 12? Like what, what age, if you had to put a number on it, what would you say? I would have to say I'm a younger child for my year group in school. So I think it would have been like being 14 and turning into a 15 year old at that yep. stage. Wow. Yeah. I remember it's funny because we have a lot of similarities in that regard of, of, being uncomfortable in your own skin to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in that middle school, junior high school time frame, when you're you know just about you're just about to go to through puberty and you're going through puberty, and I I, I took on some extra weight and I was always kind of a very I say skinny but you know lean lean kid didn't mm-hmm. carry any extra weight on my body and then all of a sudden by like sixth grade after elementary school and I'm in junior high school. <clears throat> Pardon me. I started to get a little bit heavier, and I don't know if that was. Uh, I'm sure it's a combination of diet and exercise, the combination of those two things. But I was always a very active kid, and uh, I probably wasn't eating the best things because you know I was very much eating stuff out of the box and and things that are quickly prepared and not necessarily fresh. Certainly some fish sticks in that mix. Uh, <laughs> rice the San Francisco treat, you know, the old rice which was like, you know, just rice out of a box so you mix with water and butter, you know, to, to cook. And it, it mixed well with just about any other staple food item, you know, some type of chicken filet, you know, or, or something like that. Um, but I did not like the locker room experience in, in middle school and changing in the locker room. And you look around, you see other kids that are really fit or already have hair under their arms, and I was at, you know, or, or, you know, and I'm like, geez, man, I'm not only am I not hairy yet, I'm also feeling a little pudgy and like not really loving my, the way I look with a t-shirt off. Mm-hmm. So how can I escape this? And I, I, I think I too would change sometimes inside the, the enclosed toilet area just to avoid that or be really quick about it making sure i was like had the other shirt ready to go and i could take it off and put a new one on real quick and mm-hmm. and then it wasn't until about that 14 or 15 year old freshman in high school where weight training and sports uh hit like a real peak for me and i think i was where the food it didn't matter at that point what i was consuming like there was no way with all the exercise and activity and weightlifting and muscle building that I was going to hold on to much body fat. So my body very quickly kind of went through this massive change at like that 14 or 15 year old period, uh, much like you. And I felt much more comfortable, like this is what I'm supposed to look like. This is who I am, you know, but it went away for a few years. And that's a, I mean, I would say that's a very tough 
point for boys and girls, like that 12 to 14 year period. Uh, very tough. I think for some it might be fine and seamless, but I think for many it's very difficult. Yeah, I would have to agree. And it was definitely my experience as it sounds like it was for you. And there isn't really much education there on what to do. And I think that I know that you've got young children and I know that you'll be planning to educate them on that aspect, getting them to be really comfortable in their bodies and their skin. But no one was doing that for me. No one had said any word about that. So you kind of just have to navigate it yourself. And it doesn't even matter if you're the the leanest kid in class, you're going to get made fun of for something, right? So if you have body fat or if you have a lack of hair or whatever it might be, you're going to get called out for it. And, you know, it was it was a pretty challenging experience. I'm lucky enough that, like I said, it wasn't intense. It wasn't anything that really pushed me too much in a box, but I know it does for many people. So, you know, I like to share that story to tell people that, you know, taking that responsibility of your health and your well-being can turn things around in more ways than you could ever imagine. Yeah. And you really like this new Elliot that you kind of created. You liked uh, feeling that people took notice of this sh new shape you had, that you mm -hmm. had built some muscle, that you had leaned out, that you had, you look different now than you once did. And you, you were like, yeah, I do. And I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm loving this. I'm loving this reaction. So you, that just kind of, uh, I would say, stoked your fires even a little bit more to kind of keep going on that on that path. Yeah, without a doubt. Like, I know that a lot of us, when we're much younger, especially at that age, we will do things for vanity purposes. And that wasn't my primary goal at that time. I didn't want to be in shape per se. I just didn't want to get name called anymore. I just wanted a flat stomach so no one could point it out or grab it or whatever, you know, but it ended up doing even more than that. And that felt amazing for me. It was like something that I did myself. And, you know, and this is what I always love about health and fitness to this day is that it rewards the effort that you put in. And I recognized that. And my reward at that time was, you know, other people noticing and me feeling better in myself. And that just reinforced that this is a good thing for you to be doing, Elliot. And, you know, you enjoy it as well. So that combination of enjoyment and feeling like you're getting a really, really good return on your investment is a powerful thing for being able to continue it on a long-term basis. Yeah. And I love the fact that you were pulling the foods out of the freezer to look at the nutritional facts on them to determine, like, is this something I should be eating or not? I mean, I think it's such a huge disservice to our children in school that nutrition, there should be a class on nutrition. There should be a class in, at every level, I even feel like, that's, that's about nutrition and fitness and about exercise and the impact on your body and on your mind and knowing what foods are going but you know what it, it's not it's it, as good as the school systems can be and the things that they can do what right they fail in certain there's huge gaps in certain areas of life and i feel that nutrition and physical fitness is one i mean yeah you can do a pe class where the kids go out and run around and stuff but there's not a lot of good retention as to why and what that does to the body and Test them on that knowledge. Test them on the physiology and the biomechanics, and you know, this, they should be learning this stuff. And because it's good application for later on, 
and then nu- nutrition and how about financial stuff like l- learning how to budget of your your uh, your own bank account or so your own personal checking and savings like i think we we don't arm our kids certainly here in the states with the stuff that they that they really need as high schoolers and, and, and out of high school and in the world, they need these things to function. They don't need Algebra 2 and trigonometry <laughs> unless they're going into engineering or architecture. You know, um, they, they need other things that are more real world. Uh, and I feel like it, it's not really a, a side topic from where we're talking. I think it's, it's, it's things I think about with my own kids. Like they need to know what good snacks are for, from bad snacks and how much protein am I eating in this meal versus is this all a carb meal? I mean, these are important things for an 8-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old to know because it, it, it has a direct impact on how they feel and how they perform. I can agree more. And a couple that we didn't mention there was mental health, communication skills, putting boundaries in place, you know, real world application things that really trip us up later in life. And no one teaches you communication skills. But at the end of the day, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to get a job and make some money, which you absolutely are going to want to do, you need to learn how to communicate with people. You need to learn how to be able to have a solid and strong conversation. You need to be able to protect your mental well-being throughout all the things that you experience as being a child. And there's just none of that whatsoever. And I think that that was the big challenge in the UK as well as that there was nothing you guys in the US you're crazy about sports and that's amazing in the UK unless you're gifted at soccer football no one really cares you know to be completely honest there isn't any or maybe rugby as well to be honest but there isn't really any attention placed on any other sport there's no, like in my day anyway, there really wasn't any gym work or anything like that. And that's why I was lucky to come across that because if had I left it to school, it wouldn't have happened. I went to my local community center and maybe there was one other guy in the whole of school and he was already, a, he was one of these guys who already looked about 18 years of age anyway. And he was the only other guy going to the gym. And we were left to our own devices from that perspective. So there was a massive, massive gap. I don't know where that is now in the UK, but for me, absolutely, I was less my own devices when it came to fitness and as you mentioned in terms of financial application and mental well-being and communication and all these things that we use on a day-to-day basis as you mentioned the school system does a lot of good things but it's also as you put it rightly in a way it's a harsh word but they're failing in many senses too Mm, yeah yeah and and i know a lot you know i've been part of uh well my, my kid my son just left elementary school he just completed his fifth grade so he'll be moving on to a new school and i loved the school where he was since he was a kid in a kindergarten all the way through fifth grade and great teachers i was heavily involved i volunteered at the school many times and would teach i'd go there on special days to teach the kids and mm-hmm. always had a good time in the classrooms with the teachers and they they do a great job at the, that particular school system i was always very pleased uh, with it but you know, I've heard some horror stories in our country and specifically, you know, certain cities and areas of the country that are much more, uh, let's say, just on a, on, on a different side when it comes to edu- how we educate our kids. Um, it's not that way here in Florida. We're in a little bit of a bubble and people are still sane <laughs> and logical with things, I, I feel like. Um it's a safe haven, if you will, I think, for, for, for our kids and for our future. 
but uh, I've heard just some horror stories about the things that they're focused on and teaching and stuff, and it's 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 really sad for me and frustrating for me as a parent, but. Uh, we have a great responsibility to our next generation, and that's to let them see the value in in eating well and moving their bodies and caring about that and why that matters, why it's important. And um, I, I love the fact that you just took accountability as at a young age when there wasn't really anything else around you pushing you in that direction. You just kind of took it upon yourself like... I want something different for myself, so I got to figure I got to figure this out on my own and, and and take action. And you did, and that's that's really uh, commendable. And and I wish I wish more people did that here. And I wish all I can help for my for my kids is that they see what mom mom and dad are doing, and that they want to kind of fall in line with that. And and we could just kind of guide them, but it, it really does come down to. To the individual, um, we we cannot we can't force our kids. I think into a certain lifestyle, they have to naturally and organically want to go that in that direction. Otherwise, I mean, they're just gonna. I think the harder you push, sometimes they just go in a different direction anyway, right? So it's like that fine line of how do I do it in a way that's loving and that shows that this is the better way to go, the better direction to move in. Absolutely. And I think it's just about giving them the best chance of success. It's just starting them on the right foot. And as you're experiencing as a dad, and hopefully I'll be blessed enough to experience one day myself as well, is that they're going to make their mistakes. How much you teach them, how much you show them the way, ultimately they need to make their mistakes as well, because that's what hardens you up in life. And that's what teaches you a lot of good lessons that you can apply to your future. But at the same time, better to give them a bit of a head start than starting them with one arm, you know, tied behind their back, right? Which is what I feel like we're kind of currently doing right now. And hopefully, you know, the next generation, myself, yourself, of people who are going to look to raise their children and hopefully have an influence of children around them. And also, you know, as a coach working with parents right now, you know, and making them kind of change their health and fitness habits, you know, it's not too late for them to start influencing their kids. And it's really commendable when, you know, someone gets to their 30s, 40s, you know, they're starting to think about having children and they're like, I want to get myself sorted out before I bring life into this earth. And I'm like, that's commendable, uh, especially considering you know just like myself and perhaps many people listening you didn't necessarily have the best education i do give credit to my parents they wanted me to be healthy they just didn't have the tools themselves and you know realistically i think it's amazing where a lot of us now are thinking about okay how can we take the steps start with ourselves look in the mirror first and then give our children at least the best chance of success then it's on them you know then it's on them to mess up or to do amazingly well and ultimately live their paths yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we I've talked many times in the past episodes about that ripple effect, and uh, mm. you know, we, be be a ripple. You know, that, and that's what we hope to accomplish with our podcasts. I'm sure what you hope to accomplish with your simply uh, simply fit uh, podcast. That we're, we're 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 throwing pebbles, we're throwing pebbles, and we're just nudging, and we're just trying to create a ripple that's hopefully going to just very nicely carry somebody and move them in a direction that's that's better that's positive that is real change that moves the needle for them in some in some capacity let's talk about obviously 
physical fitness is very much about you know aesthetics and about looks and about function, but also it's big impact on mental the mental state and the way we think about things, the way we see ourselves and our mindsets. Talk about that component of the journey for you and and what you've noticed in transformation stories uh, that that you've helped uh, create. Yeah, I think it's an enormous piece of the puzzle, and I think that this is. One of those things that when you go to your personal training school and you get your education on health and fitness, you're like, okay, perfect. I know exactly. Well, you don't take a great deal away from it, but you've got some idea of the fundamentals of nutrition and training. You're like, okay, I'm armed and ready to tackle the world of people with weight loss challenges, obesity, health problems. And then you find yourself running into a bit of a wall because your health in training, your new training and nutrition, I should say, can only get them so far. And you're realize that they have all these other challenges with the stress that they're experiencing in their lives the mental blocks that they have you know the trauma that is still reinforcing them to do the things that are avoiding them from having the health and the bodies that they ultimately want and then all these other lifestyle variables that come into play and all of a sudden you're like well <laughs> no one signed me up for this i didn't realize that this would be an enormous part of my job and i quickly learned it you know i quickly learned that okay, perfect. We can get someone on a good workout program, get someone on a good nutrition program. We can see some great results. And I never want to take that emphasis away from that aspect because so many people can feel so much better by just doing those things. However, when it comes to keeping someone there on a very long-term basis, you know, something in that mindset and that identity piece needs to transform as well we need to get this person to start to think about their behaviors the things they do on a day-to-day -day basis to ensure that it sticks because if anyone can follow something for 90 days six months or even a couple of years but to get to someone to stick to it for life that has to come down to a person in some way transforming their behaviors and ultimately their identity so i discovered that a lot with my clients to be completely honest i didn't have that identity challenge because i was the trainer you know i was the trainer and i was the guy who loved the gym and loved my nutrition however my mental health challenges came from not understanding childhood trauma not understanding my you know self-worth and self-confidence issues which i think all of us kind of in experienced to somewhat of a degree and i ultimately feel and i always say this to people like up until the age of maybe like 21 22 years old i was not in control of my own ship you know my life was kind of just controlling me because of my thoughts led me to where i thought i should go I had no consciousness, I would say. And, you know, through a series of having some mental health challenges myself, that was when I was able to open my eyes to recognize that, ah, Elliot, you're the, you're the captain here of your ship, you know? And that before I was just kind of watching and looking out the window and wondering like how, how this thing keeps staring in each of the directions I'm going. I'm like, I feel like I have an influence, but my hands weren't on the wheel. I wasn't steering things. I wasn't heading in the direction that I ultimately wanted to be. And that led to a lot of challenges. So that was my personal experience with challenges from a mental well-being standpoint that knocked on into my fitness, my health. And I see it with my clients all the time. And, you know, as much as that period of my life was 
probably one of them if yeah it was it was the most challenging period for me i look back with gratitude now because i see so many people going through it and had they asked me as that young inexperienced trainer who was just very excited to get people in shape i wouldn't have known what to do with them i didn't know what to do with them i could just help them work out but i didn't know what to do with the traumas that they were experiencing and now i'm not a qualified psychologist or therapist by any means but i can help them work through that i can guide them in the right direction i can give them some tools that helps me and that ultimately has unlocked a different path in my ability as a coach and the people that i've been able to help which has been truly transformative in in many ways because of you know as you say it's like it's a full system you know it's mind body and spirit it's not any of those individually working at any time and by me opening up that path within myself it helped me do it with other people and that's ultimately taken me from just a generic fitness coach to someone who can genuinely help someone transform the course of their life and that's what really you know there was a point where i got a little bit tired of fitness coaching to be honest i was like i'm kind of just there a paid buddy who helps them work out and then i kind of tapped into this aspect the body transformation stuff and kind of working into the mindset i was like okay (laughs) new level unlocked and this level is super damn exciting and i can't see the limit now whereas before i was like i can't feel like yeah this is not as unfulfilling as i thought it would be and then that took me to the next level in my life and my career as well yeah that's wonderful perspective and really owning that um Owning that level of responsibility um, as like, wow, living in that gratitude of it, too. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm I'm empowered by this. Like, I, I, I love what it can do. I, I know firsthand what it's done for me. And I love that I have the opportunity to, to do it with someone else and to help them for, you know, establish habits and, and, and rituals that they can use for the rest of their life. For sure, and, um, and and that's a really that that that's all I ever hope to accomplish when I talk to somebody, whether it's a kid or a peer or someone that's older than me, um, you know, maybe someone retired, is that they can see the genuine enthusiasm and passion that I have for movement of the body and its impact on everything in your life and how you see the world and how you how how you act and your energy and 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 how you think and and how you speak and how you carry yourself and you walk tall with confidence and mm-hmm. and, and all of these things and, and everybody wants this for themselves on some level and i think the only way to get there is to truly have that that marriage between your mind and your body and when we neglect our body our mind you know pays a, a, a huge cost for that and this, and 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 vice versa you know if we if if we're only focused on the exterior and we do nothing to help our minds and grow and 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 become better human beings and then we're just a shell with no substance and so it, it's it's the combination of those two things so i i love how you know that those those things matter to you and that um it's not just transforming the outside it, it it's in doing the work to transform the outside you're transforming the inside uh, massive, you know, having a massive effect on that and how you see yourself in the world. And I love that. Talk a little bit more, Elliot, about getting people to that place where they can stay 
long term and, and there's the, there's real sustainability in the work that you do with them where after they're done with you maybe six months or a year later or two years later that you see them as somebody that's just like okay man we've done it it's been a great ride you have all the tools in, in your arsenal you know how to utilize every single one of your weapons and so go at it and then uh you know hopefully we'll reconnect at some point down the line Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, that's my favorite part of the coaching journey is letting someone spread their wings. Ultimately, being able to confidently say that you have got the tools, you've got the education, and you've also got the result as well. That's a big point I want to make in just a moment. But it's such a good feeling to send someone away and say that you no longer need me. You know, if you want to stay and we want to work on these brand new goals, then totally fine. But I don't want you to stay because you need me. I only want you to stay if you want me. And that's a totally different, those are two massive things. So the big part of sustainability for me, I think it starts very much at actually achieving what you want. I think so many of us, we go down the route of stopping shy of our goals. And, you know, we go on the path of saying, okay, I want to be, to use an arbitrary number, I want to be 60 kilos because I know that that looks good on me. I know that that feels good on me. I'm currently sitting at 80 kilos. And then I get myself down to 77. I've lost, you know, a a good amount of weight. Um, And no, I've got myself to 67. I've lost a good amount of weight. So I'm about... 13 kilos down now. But all of a sudden, now I'm getting a bunch of compliments from my friends and my family. And so many people are telling me that, you know, you've done enough. Why are you pushing for more? And those voices start to sit with me. And I'm like, well, you know, I have put a lot of effort in. Why don't I take my foot off the gas? And then they kind of get stuck in this middle ground. And then they still have seven kilos to go. And they kind of stop there. And then they get demotivated they lose that excitement they had for the journey and then they start slipping back to their old ways or they stay stuck at that 13 kilo weight loss and there's nothing wrong with that you know if you get there and people complimenting you and that's your end goal and that's genuinely hand on heart the place that you want to be by all means like i'm super happy let's teach you how to stay there ultimately in a healthy and sustainable way but i'm you know i'm super happy for you but if you get there and you only stay there because you know you're having external influence you don't want to kind of go the full way then that's where it becomes a bit challenging because this is a slippery slope backwards so i think the first part and the reason why I see people dieting year on year is because they never actually achieved what they wanted to in the first place. They set out on the journey to drop 10 kilos and they drop five. And they set out on the journey to make this year the year that they were healthy and they were at, got to the three-month stage. Work came up, life came up, I had a new child, and all of a sudden it goes out the window. But the problem is that you have to keep repeating and starting the journey again. So I think a big thing is when you're going to go to achieve your goal, like really try and quiet the noise. Make sure that there isn't too many external influence telling you where you want to be, because that's another story. So many people think they want to have these shredded abs and you know the perfect six pack, and they realize, well, actually, that's not my goal. It's kind of what society has pressed on me for so long. And you know, it's me, it's that third. 13 year old in the changing room kind of steering the boat in that sense because he doesn't want to be bullied anymore so that's another story in itself so really just try and get quiet and really determine okay in this stage of my life where do i want to be and first things first get there 
because of if you get there, you don't have to get there, hopefully, again. So that's the first aspect. This, so that's a big piece in itself. But, you know, there's probably many people who've spoken about fat loss and getting to that position. So we'll kind of skip the journey of getting there. Of course, there's a lot in that. But the next aspect of sustainability is a question I asked my clients once they're finished is, what does sustainability look like for you? And they answer me with, okay, well, I can exercise this amount of time per week. It feels good. You know, I know what calories I started on and that felt good. So maybe I could be there. I don't really want to track that much. I only want to weigh myself a couple of times a week just for an understanding. Or maybe I don't even want to weigh myself at all. And once we have that clarity on what sustainability looks like for them, we start working our way back. So, you know, when you get to the end of a fat loss phase, most of us know you're in a low position with your calories, generally speaking. You're at a high amount of activity. And generally speaking, that's not a great place to stay. So what we need to make sure and what I make sure that I do with all of the guys that I work with is ensure that they're going to stay for that portion of the journey as well. You know, it's almost like going for the surgery, but not doing the aftercare. And you have to do that aftercare in order to make sure that that surgery is genuinely successful. You can't go and have stitches and then go and, you know, start exercising, doing all these things because it's just going to un undo again you're going to end up with that same scar or whatever you might have had so the aftercare phase for me is super important and that's what we work on together we climb the calories up to that sustainable position that they told me they felt great at we get that body composition and also this is another aspect if it's a body fat goal you know usually we take them one or two kilos less than where they want to sustain because then we have a little bit of wiggle room when we come back up and they've got a little bit of a cushion to raise calories up without being like well you know i want to get to 60 kilos but you've just taken me back to 63 if we take you to 58 and you reverse diet up and all of a sudden your calories are in an amazing place your activity is in an amazing place and now you're sitting to 60 kilos that feels amazing so that's another aspect as well so we climb those calories up we bring the activity down to a sustainable level and we do that in a steady manner we treat this phase as an extension of the fat loss phase it's not the end and this is just like the bit we tagged on the end this is the aftercare you know the surgery was important but the aftercare is debatably even more important so that's what we ultimately do we get them to the place we want to they want to be we work them through that aftercare procedure and then we we have to ask the question does this feel sustainable do you feel good here and they'll say yeah you know this feels good I like the meals I'm having you know I'm able to have this flexible meal every now and again and that's where we want them to be. Of course, there's an education piece that comes along the way. They need to know, the under, they need to have a fundamental understanding of protein, carbs, fats, exercise, what it does to their body. I'm not just giving them plans and be like, go and do it because this is going to work. I'm educating them along the way. So it's really just a combination of getting a result, getting yourself to that sustainable position with your activity, with your calories, and then ultimately understanding the formula on how you can keep yourself there. And nine times out of 10, that's kind of what we said at the start with the children. You can only give them all the tools, then they have to make the decisions they, they will ultimately make. But you're giving them the best chance of that. And they have something to look after because they love this physique. They love how they feel. And that's quite often enough to keep people going. So that's ultimately how we get people from A to B, but ultimately keep them at B, which is debatably one of the most important parts. Yeah. Yeah. You help them to fall in love with that process which I think is, 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 is so key. And, and I think most people can resonate with the story of a championship-winning team, 
Mm. Uh, and that can be for any sport. It could be football in your country, in, in the U.S. called soccer, right? But football, as we know, internationally is like the biggest sport in the world. Um, we In the States, we have so many sports. It's like we don't even know what's our favorite, right? We have so many <laughs> of, between football and baseball. It depends on the time of year. And hockey is so big here. And so... Any, everybody has like a favorite sports team they can think of, you know, or certainly one that they can think of as a championship team. And when you see a championship team and you see them celebrating and, and they got the confetti falling down on top and they're holding the trophy and they're rah, 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 and they're, they're excite, exciting and hugging each other, they're in that moment, right, in that championship moment. But what do you think made that championship moment so special for all of them? Just that day and that one game that they played or all the games and all the days that led up to that day. Mm-hmm. And if they if they reflect back on that, on those times and those years, yeah, it's special to win that championship and it's special to have that one memorable day and experience. But it was all the moments that led up to that, all the practices, all the tough times, all the fallbacks and setbacks and all the relationship building and moments that they had together and experiences is what made it worthwhile. And in life, it's the same way. If, if we can just get to a place where we're really relishing in, in the journey and in the, each moment, in each day and each time we get up a little earlier and go for a walk or each time we make time for that 20-minute workout that we didn't think we'd be able to make time for. And it's falling in love with those moments, knowing that the goal the goal is what the goal is, but I, I gotta like getting there. I gotta mm-hmm. I gotta really enjoy these moments and, and make and, and pile up all these little victories and wins. Um, every single day I have I have breath in my lungs. And it's it's those people that ultimately get the results that they're after because they love the grind. They love each day. Like you look forward to your workout. You look forward to eating a good meal, eating a clean meal, do something good for your body. You look forward to going for a walk on the beach or 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 you know whatever time you have to exercise in a particular day that's special for you and and and, and enjoyable for you. And if you're not enjoying it, you're not going to stick with it. Um, and so that's what we encourage all the time is like whatever that activity is for you, um, that what gets you moving in the world then you know make you know hopefully it's something because if you don't love movement then you're not gonna you're not gonna get the physique that that you desire for yourself but if you love it you'll stick with it it is really what it's what we're talking about here you gotta like it you gotta love Mm. it because if it's forced it'll never last yeah i heard a recent quote which stuck with me quotes don't stick with me as much as they used to but this one was a good one the guy said it was on a podcast he said the man who loves walking will walk, will walk far further than the man who loves the destination and mm. i was like yeah. that's very very nice and it's very relatable to what you just said as yes. well and yes. it's quite often on the journey of a health and fitness goal that you might have you might have to do some things or you might choose to do some things that get you to your goal sooner you know maybe you don't actually love weight training but you recognize that that's actually really going to help you get the result that you want but then thereafter you might actually say well wait maybe i'm going to explore crossfit maybe i'm going to explore just weight training twice a week and go to a sport instead 
And then you just got to be realistic with yourself. You're like, well, if I want the best possible physique I can possibly get, then yeah, you're going to have to weight train. There's no getting around that. So then, you know, then at least you're going to love the process of getting the body that you want, even if you don't love the weight training so much. But quite often, a lot of people will turn around and be like, well, you know what? The exchange isn't that much. It's not really worth it. So I'm going to run a couple of times a week. I'm going to weight train as much as I know I need to, but I'm not going to overdo it. It's the same as your yoga story, right? You know you need to do yoga because it's great for you. We don't love doing it, but you get yourself to do it because you know the importance of it. But that doesn't mean we're going to see you doing it five times a week and become a yoga instructor anytime soon. So I think it's just being realistic with yourself and just doing a little bit of what you need. But ultimately, if you want to sustain things for the long term, doing the things that you truly enjoy, even if that's in exchange with what might be perfect in terms of what you can achieve with your health and fitness in your body. Mm. Tell us uh, about one or two particular transformation stories that come to mind when you think of someone who's achieved just a great uh, success working with you um, it could be you know whatever it could be some extreme one it could be something that's you know not so extreme but it's just real memorable for you and special for you yeah, a couple, well, many come to mind to be completely right. honest, but sure. the ones that stand out and the reason being is I just met a man when I was in Dubai. He lives there and we met up for a coffee. He's been a client of mine for some years now and he started his journey. I had another coach in my team at the start who he worked with. He did a great job. He maybe dropped you know, 10 kilos or so and he came back to me, that coach I, I'm no longer working with and then he came back to me and said, like, hey, Ellie, I'm keen to restart my journey so i was like okay you're gonna come on board with me this time and we're gonna you know, get after your goals and i know that you've dropped some good amount of weight before he's a pretty heavy dude to begin with he's well over 100 kilos but he always has this sticking point i can't remember the exact number but let's use it 95 kilos as a sticking point and he just couldn't get past it. It was like a mental block or something along those lines. And we just met in a coffee shop in Dubai and he's in the best shape he's ever been. He's never seen himself like that. He's about 50 kilos down total from his absolute heaviest. And that's very impressive. And it's probably, you know, debatably the most impressive part. But what's super impressive to me is how many times he went through weight loss attempts, weight loss journeys, how he was identified as the bigger guy for almost his entire life. And now he's sitting in front of me, you know, he's got a Fitbit on one arm and he's got his Apple watch on the other. He's wearing his sports kit. He's almost looking a little bit leaner than I am. And he's a completely new guy. And for me, that's such a standout because he's a parent. He's a, he, he runs part of his family business as well. He has all of these other responsibilities and all these other reasons why he shouldn't have technically got that result. Yet he applied himself. He found the formula that worked for him. He remained open-minded. And that was what was mind-blowing to me is that you've lost a significant amount of weight and no one can deny that when we look at the photos, but what's changed up here and what you're going to now live and what's in front of you is exactly what I mentioned earlier in terms of people turning things around when they have children who are going to look up to them and be like, damn dad, you looked like that once upon a time. And now you look like this, like those type of stories for me are super inspiring because of, as we know, like, 
the body is kind of just a physical manifestation of what's going on internally. And the way that he was able to change and flip those switches to become ultimately what he become, it, it really does blow my mind, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I love stuff like that. I love hearing about things like that, especially, you know, as a parent, as a father, uh, the, the need and the importance of a father or a dad being that rock or being that leader, um, showing true strength um, in, 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 his, in his willingness to go all in on this journey, on this transformation, and, and, and for the, the, the son or daughter to witness that and to see like, wow, dad was in this place and he took himself to this place and how much work was involved and dedication and, and care and knowing that he was making himself better for his kid. Um, and that's ultimately what we're, what we're here to do. Like I, I, every day is an opportunity for me to be a better dad, to be a better husband, be a better man, a human being. And, um, and I want my kids to see that I'm not infallible, that I make mistakes, I screw up, I say things I shouldn't or do things I shouldn't do. And, and I can be sorry for those and try to do better the next time because they're going to go through that their entire lives. And what better influence than from, from mom and dad to show them in real time like what that looks like. And, uh, and so that, that, that's wonderful. I love that, uh, story. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so, so what's next for you? What's, what's, what's on the horizon for you? What's, what's coming, uh, in, in the, the second half of 2023 or 2024, uh, m more of the same? More of the same, and my goal every year is just to evolve in every sense of the words. You know what I'm doing professionally, what I'm doing personally, and what I'm just doing full stop in terms of where I want to go. So this year on a personal front, I'll be getting engaged. So I'm very very excited about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, awesome. all, it's all in the works right now. I, it <laughs> takes a ton of planning, that's for sure. And by the time this episode is released, hopefully it's all done and I can take a huge uh, <laughs> deep breath. But so that's kind of what's happening on the personal front so that's obviously a very very exciting thing the podcast is another big area of my life you know we're approaching 400 episodes now you know we've had some amazing guests including yourself so we plan to continue pushing that because it's podcasting is such an amazing medium you know i say to a lot of people that when it comes to all the other social media platforms and you probably know this more than anyone else is that you have to grab attention and what I find with podcasts is almost people grab their own attention. They bring it to the podcast with them. They're aware they're going to listen to, you know, a 60 minute conversation or something along those lines. They're aware they're going to listen to something pretty lengthy and pretty depthy. And that's what I love about this medium is that you have the opportunity to go down rabbit holes and go to those places that ultimately where all the treasure is kept. You know, I've never taken anything major away from a, a five second Instagram reel or TikTok. Maybe I've taken some good travel tips, but nothing, anything that's moved my needle forward in terms of life. However, when I listen to podcasts or maybe when I listen to audiobooks, which is a similar medium as well, like those things that I take away are huge. So that's what we're planning to do with a podcast. We're planning to continue growing that, continue reaching more listeners. As you said at the start as well, with the amount of countries that you can get listens in, you know, I have a big following in Iceland. I have no idea why, but when I eventually go over there, I'm going to be very happy to meet all these Icelandic people who put me at the top of the fitness charts, which blows my mind. 
and you know the, the people in Kenya as well and it's it's awesome to know that you know I'm having that reach from a coaching perspective but I'm also having that broader reach and as you mentioned the conversations we have can have impact beyond what we'll ever understand it has and I think having a platform like that I feel a responsibility and a duty to continue bringing the best types of conversation the best type of knowledge and ultimately help people on not just their fitness journey but their journey of life and their journey of health and you know their journey of personal development as well so big plans on that front and of course you know the coaching that i'm doing as well i want to like you said have that ripple effect you know just keep throwing in those pebbles and you know not even thinking them of pebbles thinking them of big rocks in many ways you know because of they're having that downstream effect so ultimately that's what's on the horizon more of the same bigger and better and it's very exciting it is exciting that's fantastic. Thank you for, for sharing all that. Um, yeah, and we'll be sharing uh, links here in just a second. But before we get to that, we have some uh, rapid fire questions, just fun, quick answer stuff. Don't think long on these. I don't think you will. You probably have uh, something in the chamber for each of these. It should not take much thought. So here we go. I got just five of them for you. I haven't done this in a while, so this will be fun, Elliot. Uh, number one, your favorite book. It can be about anything. The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. It's an amazing, amazing book about a guy's journey into spiritual enlightenment. It's a set of four books. And when you get to the end one, after you've read the three and the lead up to that, you're just like, I've never got to a point where I'm like one of those, you know, those people who walk down the road with books in their hands and you're just like, what the hell are you doing? I was that guy for a week, you know, (laughs) it really hooks me. So the first one is The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And I absolutely love that book. Wow. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. That sounds great. Uh, number two, in line with that first question, your favorite movie all time can be about anything. This one's a harder one. Yeah. I'm going to cop out a little bit and just say the Harry Potter series, full stop. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to put it down to one. If I had to pick one, I would say the fourth Goblet of Fire is definitely one of it's up there. Uh, that or I'm going to give, sorry, I have to give two answers. The, the Dark Knight the Batman movie with the Joker. That was a fantastic movie as well. I'm yeah. not super well versed in movies, but for me, those are my two top ones. <laughs> the top no, that's a great, oh man, that's, I, I obviously I love, I'm very familiar with both. And I, I love because um, they all have that superhero kind of th- theme to them, which mm-hmm. obviously behind me, um, very big into to superhero, to heroes in general, saving the day because ultimately we all need a hero. And, um, I love that bet Heath Ledger Batman, that second Aww. installment of the Christian Bale, uh, who's who's a UK guy himself, Christian Bale, right? Um, he's uh, he was awesome. He was so good as 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 Batman, and so yeah, that's a terrific movie. Yeah, uh, terrific. incredible. Love it. Uh, number three, pets. Number one, do you like pets? Do you have pets? Number two, cats or dogs? If you do have a pet, do you have a uh, do, do you prefer one over the other? I love dogs. I'm a dog person. I can, I have time for cats, but I can't see myself ever being like, I heard a great quote about uh, dogs and cats before. And it was said that if you want to be unconditionally loved, get a dog. If you want to learn how to love unconditionally, 
get a cat. And I was like, that encapsulates it perfect for me. I'm a dog person. We've had three dogs in my family. Two of unfortunately passed, but I get to see uh, my little dog when I come back home to Oxford, where I am right now, actually. So it's it's always a blessing to see him. And yeah, totally 100% a dog person. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I too am a dog person. I've, I've been a cat person for many oh, wow. years as well, but I would easily put a dog above a cat in terms of uh, the bond the yes. bond the relationship the 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 companionship uh the personality um you the dog dog is truly man and woman's best friend because uh, my wife was a veterinary nurse for 20 years and so we've had many animals in our home over the years and uh and currently just two and two two cats and two dogs at my house but um uh, just just love them. Love them. I'm glad you're a dog person. That's another reason why I like you so much. Because <laughs> dog, dog people are just cooler people, dude. I'm telling you. They just are. I love um, you. Yeah. Uh, number four, your most special destination. It, a, a trip or a place that's very special to you on this planet. I love Mexico. I really had this kind of intuitive pull towards that country i don't know why i can't tell you why and um, maybe it was a past life or something along those lines and i visited a couple of times absolutely loved it and then i ended up finding my future wife there so you know i always hold a special place in my heart and now we get to go back there together she has her family there so it's become almost a second home for me as well so it's beautiful that you know some unusual deep desire that i had to go to that country is manifested into a place which i can consider a second home now so mexico definitely holds a special place in my heart wow that's pretty amazing that's mm. great yeah i have not have i been to mexico i'm trying to think right now sometimes you buy you know you i know other than someone working for a while at critical bench who lives just outside mexico city i don't have much um much uh, experience so I'll, I'll have to go experience it myself i'm not that far away here in florida not at all. <laughs> a, sh a short trip um and number five your favorite person now i, I know it's probably going to be your fiance i get it but you know it could be somebody else i don't know it's and it's okay if you have like two answers like well they're a tie you know so who's your favorite person yeah i'm gonna have to take the, the cop-out answer once again and put it down to those people. I don't have a big circle, you know. I've chosen to keep my circle small in the sense of people who I genuinely care about and I feel that, you know, I love to meet people, I love to network, but when it comes to my very intimate circle, it doesn't go too far out of my family and, yeah, my future fiancé as well. So those are the most valuable people to me in my life. And, of course, myself as well. I'm a pretty fantastic person, I like to say so. <laughs> But yeah, so I value that relationship I have with myself and, you know, ultimately my family who are very, very close to me. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, good to know. That's awesome. Good answers. Good answers. Fun stuff. Love it. Um, lo love the, the things that you had to say as nodding my head in, in alignment with, uh, you know, just about everything. Uh, just spot on to our philosophies, how we see the world, how we move in the world and stuff. And that's always fun. That's what these podcasts, as you had mentioned, you can go so deep on these and, and really get a, an understanding and come to know people. I mean, think about people. Who do you really sp spend an hour with talking about m meaningful things, you know? 
and, and and that's what podcast offers us. And then we get to share that deep, meaningful conversation and understanding with an audience. And so how cool is that? It is a, a medium unlike anything else that exists in the world. And that's why it's grown in, in, in popularity. And some of the podcasters have more reach than any any other people in on the planet have more more of a following and more more reach and more listens than than just about anybody else and so uh it's such a privilege and that's why we take this seriously why you love your podcast and why it matters so much to you uh, simply fit podcast and and why we love our strong by design podcast and our strong by design listeners so much so Elliot, thanks again for uh, taking the time today. Please let our listeners know the best places to go to learn more about your coaching and to follow you. Absolutely. Chris, thank you so much for having me on as well. It's truly a pleasure. And I admire you as one of these people in the industry that I do truly look up to. You've really stood the test of the time and you continue to evolve. You continue to put out amazing content and amazing stuff for people to basically, you know, allow themselves to progress within their own journeys in fitness, but also in life as well. And I also love the role model you are as a dad and as a man as well. So first and foremost, thank you so much for having me and doing the work that you do. And the best place to find me, there's a few places you can find me. Best places to find me on a day-to-day basis is going to be my Instagram. It's at Elliot Hassoon. You can learn more about my coaching there as well. If you're into podcasts, hopefully you've been able to enjoy this one today. I have my own called the Simply Fit Podcast. Coming up to 400 episodes, you can listen to it anywhere, all audio platforms and YouTube. And if you're keen to do some workouts as well, anywhere from 5 minutes to 30 minute follow-along workouts, I also have a YouTube channel where I post a once-a-week workout, which is designed for anyone who wants to get themselves in shape whether it's cardiovascularly from a strength training perspective so you can find me at youtube and you can just search elliot hassoon and you'll find my workouts there yeah yeah the workouts are terrific quality i love how you get right to it i mean there's it's like there's not even any speaking in in most of these ones that i was checking out you just start you get right into it people can follow in real time work alongside of you and then boom and that and you have uh, you've amassed uh, several of these and there's all different kinds there's stretching and they're, they're like meditation ones there's body weight there's all kinds of great routines that you're doing so keep up the great work uh with what you're doing there great quality i really enjoy those Thank you. Looks, yeah, looks really good. Yeah, this has been fun, folks. Uh, now is the time. Remember, I said at the very beginning. There's one thing I'm going to ask of you, and it's a very simple favor. It's to share this episode with one friend or family member or coworker, somebody that could benefit from the message uh, on this uh, this podcast, uh, this this conversation. How has it touched you? How has it moved you? How has it is it made you want to uh, try a transformation for yourself uh, or get involved in in in, in some type of major change in your life. And so we just, uh, you know, we're so grateful for you listening to this, but then help us spread the word with this great episode of this, this podcast and, and let it reach more people. And a simple share, uh, can really mean a, a lot for us. So we thank you in advance for doing that. Thank you so much for listening to the strong by design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, Please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you.